Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. We're going to drill deep into a few things here today, but we always start by talking about oil and diesel. Hey, is that an issue these days? We're then going to swing way away from that with our guest of the week. He's Corey, he's Corey Wanarovich, and he's with a company called No Cell. It's a controversial company because his product is designed to enhance safety, but it does so by deactivating a lot of cell phone applications while a driver is piloting a truck. That makes some drivers unhappy. He's going to make the case for his company's product in a few minutes. Recently, when I've been talking about diesel, I have to make sure that everyone knows what time I'm speaking at because the market is so crazy. So let's set the stage. It's Thursday, May 19th as I record this. We're a day after the release of the weekly status report from the Energy Information Administration. And it's been a long time since that report mattered as much as it does today. That's because, to me, the most important market right now, for truckers certainly, remains the East Coast diesel market. As we've discussed, inventories and prices on the East Coast have broken away from the rest of the country. It's not a divorce quite as extreme or permanent as what has gone on in California for years, but in that case, we can cite California regulations as the reason. The East Coast is a function of several current, well, maybe we'll call them temporary factors. Let's get to the numbers from this week's report. As I've said before, too many numbers on a podcast can be overwhelming, so I will try to keep this simple. East Coast diesel inventories last week, this is in inventories of ultra-low sulfur diesel. That's the diesel that's uh, less than 0.15 parts per million sulfur. That's what you use in trucks today. Those inventories last week moved higher by about 5%. That's the first time, the first upward movement in several weeks. The inventories are still way, way below historic norms for this time of year, but the move is a positive one for diesel buyers. Refineries in the U.S. ramped up their operations. On the East Coast, they operated at more than 95% of capacity. Looking back over history, there are only a few times when I can find that they operated that high. The problem, of course, is that so many refineries on the East Coast have closed in recent years that the figure of 95% is against a much smaller base. Still, it's higher output than it was just a few weeks ago. Refineries are in the rest of the country operated at their highest level since last August. The spread in the spot market for diesel between the East Coast and the Gulf Coast narrowed. Yes, I said that last week, if you remember, if you've got a good memory. And it did narrow, and then it blew back out. So my views last week that the narrowing of the spread might show that the East Coast squeeze was over was maybe premature. But after blowing back out again, it came back in Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Again, another sign that the East Coast squeeze might be retreating. Exports of diesel fell quite a bit. They were down at their lowest level in eight weeks. Heavy exports of diesel have been cited as a reason why the price of diesel on the East Coast has remained so high. The numbers really don't work right now to send a lot of diesel to Europe, so that reduced level of exports might just hold. Total inventories of distillates rose nationwide. Diesel is a distillate, and the weekly EIA report doesn't break out the figure into diesel and other types of distillates like heating oil. But the total distillate stock figure rose even though the EIA figure for demand, which it calls product supplied, rose from a week earlier. So inventories rose even as demand did too. That's a hopeful sign. The other thing that might be a positive for diesel buyers is that diesel, conti diesel prices continue to lag other markets. Diesel spread against crude and gasoline weakened considerably over the past several days. That does bring us to the key point though, that the price you pay at the pump is ultimately going to be set mostly by the price of crude. You can have some signs of weakness within the diesel market, but at the crude price stores, you're going to be paying more. 
But given that a week ago we were worried about allocations in the diesel market on the East Coast, these statistical points this week are encouraging to say the least. I may completely reverse myself next week, but that's the reality of a market that is really this nuts. Time to move on here on Drilling Deep. I'm going to tell a little story. I was walking around the floor of the Truckload Carriers Association annual meeting last fall, and there was one small booth that caught my attention. It was run by a company called No Cell, and its product did exactly what it said it would do. It cuts off access to your cell phone, so No Cell, if you're driving, and it does so all in the name of safety. So I in, did an interview at that uh, at that conference with uh, Corey Wanarovich. Hope I got that right, Corey. So he's the director of business development at No Cell, and I did it about his product. First of all, Corey, welcome to Drilling Deep. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. So let's talk about what happened when I did post that story. So I posted it up on FreightWaves.com, but it also, of course, went out on our Facebook page. And what was interesting was the reaction there uh, because it generated really a tremendous negative reaction about a product that would, when fully deployed, take away a driver's ability to use their cell phone on the road. Again, all in the name of safety. So, Corey, before we dive into that, why don't you talk about the no-cell product, the kind of thing that really intrigued me from the beginning and what it does? Sure. So the no-cell product is the uh, industry leader in anti-distracted driving technology. And uh, what we do is we give the fleet manager the ability to whitelist any apps that they want to have uh, accessible to the driver while the vehicle's in motion. So if they still need like an ELD or they need uh, you know, um, some type of navigational app, or if they have like a metal condition and then they have you know an insulin monitoring app or something like that, those apps are still available to them, to the driver while the vehicle's in motion, but it removes all the distractions that maybe TikTok or Facebook or Netflix or something like that. So the driver's focused on the job at hand and not, um, you know, worried about the buzzes, beeps and dings of likes from, on Instagram or anything like that. So it just we just want the driver to get safely either home or to their next destination. Right. And let's note here that it is the decision of the fleet to buy this. I mean, presumably a, a, an individual, an individual owner operator uh, would, could, could buy this to deny themselves but that's not the way it works. You're, you're looking to sell the fleets. Yeah, we, I mean, we're looking to sell to any commercial, um, either company or or driver. I mean, the, we do have owner-operators that have it because they can potentially save money on their insurance as well. So, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different angles here. Yeah, let's get back to that in a minute. So anyway, as I said, so the reaction uh, online was pretty fierce about this from people saying, oh, you're not going to take my phone away from me, even though, as you point out, you don't really take the phone away. You take certain apps on the phone away. Correct. So uh, I know that you were were dealing with some of the fallout from that. You you saw the, the, the feedback, which I figured was probably kind of like a, a marketing lesson for you to, to how to deal with this kind of reaction. So what is your reaction to that when a driver says, no way, you know, my cold, dead hands around my phone, I'm keeping them? It, it goes into um, a couple of different things. I mean, first of all, it's education, right? We're not taking away the phone. We're just taking away the the, the buzzes, beeps, beeps, and dings that are distractions while they're driving, right? So they can still receive phone calls on the Bluetooth headset and, and the steering wheel controls. They can still, you know, use any apps that their fleet manager deems necessary. Um, it's, a, it's, a real, um, it's a real balance between productivity and safety. 
So we're not we're not blocking the phone. We're not taking away the phone. We're just taking away their ability to make TikTok videos while they're driving. And, you know, we're, we're making sure that they get to their destination safely. And we're protecting the, you know, the family in the minivan at the you know intersection that doesn't get hit because, uh, you know, the, the driver of the commercial vehicle is distracted. Right. Now, let's point out something that if I'm a driver and I've got no cell and I've got this list of whitelisted apps, if I pull into a truck stop and stop the truck, those apps, if I remember right, they all come back, correct? Sure. Yeah, there's a delay mechanism built in. So uh, if they're at a red light or a stop sign or something like that, the phone stays in policy and they can't get to those apps until that delay time is exhausted. So if they pull over to the side, they can either wait the, you know, five seconds to three minutes, whatever the fleet manager deems, um, you know, appropriate um, for that delay time to be exhausted, or they can, you know, pick up the phone and get out of the cab and the phone turns right back to normal functionality. Right. Now, so what are you doing to kind of push back against these uh, resistors? I'm I'm, I'm, when when you deal with a company and you're trying to sell them no sell, are they having you meet with the drivers to try to persuade the drivers as well? Or is your marketing just just driven at the fleets themselves? No, it's both. It's it's education at the driver level. So I ask what what apps do you need while you're driving? Right. And they, you know, normally it's like, well, I need, you know, this. But then they get right down to it. You know what? I really all I need is maps, maybe a flying J or something like that for gas station parking and, and you know, uh, and some type of maybe audible books or something like that. I mean, there's not a lot that they actually need on the phone while they're driving. So that's part of its education of the driver. So they can see it's not like we're it, they're not going into phone jail and they can't get anything on their phone. They can't you know receive a phone call or make a phone call. Um, as long as it's, you know, uh, in accordance with the FMCSA hands-free one-touch policy. But we also um, work with the, at the C-level and at the fleet manager level um, to have them, A, be more insurable, B, be in compliance with their cell phone policy, and uh, C, to let the drivers know that these companies are investing in their safety so that they get home safe every single night. You know, what is this current stance of the insurance companies? I know you've spoken about it, but do you have examples where you've got clients that did see a reduction in their rates, which is just so important today because every other trend seems to be pushing toward higher rates? you think that anybody would just jump on the opportunity to have some kind of downward push on rates. Where, where are the insurance companies here? So um, there, there's we have a handful of, of clients that are um, in negotiations with their, their current insurance carrier to um, either freeze their rates or reduce their liability insurance. But on the other side, we just signed a partnership with Nationwide Insurance on the commercial side, and they are now promoting this to all of their commercial insureds um, because they believe that with the no-sell technology, the claims um, frequency and severity will go down. So um, Nationwide is, you know, is our first partnership in the insurance side that uh, believe in the technology and believe that the technology is going to not only save them money, but save their clients money as far as, um, you know, money going out. Is your penetration of the market of no sell adequate enough or has it been substantial enough and of lengthy, long enough duration that you've got enough data to kind of support what Nationwide thinks? Or is Nationwide just going into this on the idea that this makes perfect sense, that this is going to have uh, a beneficial impact on safety, so we'll do it? Or do you have a, a mountain of data that you can provide to them? We we do not have a mountain of data. We are um, per, we're building that mountain every single day with with installs. The um, the idea with Nationwide was a true partnership where 
we can build that mountain of data together and they can help push the uh, the data coming in by having their insureds uh, get this this uh, no-sell technology platform installed. And over the course of the next three years, they'll have the data that they need to be able to see, you know, uh, what is the actual cost savings and, and potential uh, insurance cost savings to their insureds. Yeah, so this sounds like a real pivotal moment for no-sell because uh, you, you mentioned three years. I guess that's the duration of the deal that you've that you've done with Nationwide, at the end of those three years, if they've got a significant amount of data that shows that this is a lot safer, you, you can go out and take this to a lot of places with the with a really strong tailwind argument behind you. It, that, that's 100% correct. So, you know, my hat's off to Nationwide, to, to Philip and Gary, for seeing the the value in this and being a, a um, you know, a leading edge technology uh, company. And, and, Seeing that this could potentially save, you know, millions and millions of dollars on both sides of the uh, you know, of the equation, on their side and on their insured side. All right. What are uh, what are the so talk talk again about the apps that sort of generally you found stay in place? Uh, what are the ones that are allowed by the, the trucking companies? It, you know, it ranges all over the place. It's um, for the trucking companies. It's usually an ELD and it's a some type of navigational app. And then if they have like an internal communications app, um, you know, it, whether they're using WhatsApp or, or whatever, PingLoud or, or something to that nature, um, you know, usually it's a pretty small section unless the driver has a, a specific request. Like maybe they've got, you know, Audible or they're listening to some type of music app or something to that nature. Everything that is still one touch. Let's talk about the origin of NoSell because it's an interesting story. It's not... It doesn't come out of the mind of some tech entrepreneur who was looking for the next best thing. Uh, it came from somebody who truly, the way you describe it, was a, it was an altruistic approach to safety from somebody who had already made a lot of money elsewhere. I know that you didn't want to discuss that individual with too many specifics uh, when we spoke in November, and maybe you still don't. But regardless, even without that person's name or background, it's an interesting story. Yeah, so it, it is a great, and it's the the one of the purest stories out there. So there's a gentleman that... He has seven kids, Southern California, and there was a horrific texting and driving accident in the high school that his kids attended. And uh, he had four kids at the time in the high school. And he was just, you know, he was shook. And he said, you know what? I've got the means to to make um, a big impact on the world, not just with my other business, which is going to go into the 14th, 15th, 16th generation ownership, but it's I can stop distracted driving with this technology that that uh, you know he and his team had the idea to to come up with and develop, and then when they brought me on board um, to bring it to the commercial side, um, you know we just want we just want to make sure that we stop all these horrific stories that every single uh, trucking company has, you know about the driver that you know great driver for twenty plus years, safe record, da 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 da, looks at his phone one time, blows an intersection and t-bones a car. And it's something that that driver can never unsee, never un, un, um, experience. And it just the ripple effect on the lives of other people is so huge that the, the founder of our company said, you know what, this is where I'm putting my stake in the ground and I'm going to end distracted driving. And that's that's what we do with every install we do. We potentially save lives of the, the driver and the people that the driver doesn't hit. Well, let's go back to the nationwide thing for a second, because I realize there's a question that I didn't ask that I think is highly significant. Nationwide obviously doesn't run trucks. They have insurance clients. 
So they've signed up with you as a partner, but what do they do? I mean, do they do they give the no-sell equipment away to free for some of their fleets? How do they make this a reality? So um, what they've done is they have, um, it's they are pushing through a discount. Um, they're sort of subsidizing the product and pushing through a discount to their insured. So it's everywhere, everyone from an HVAC company with uh, 155 trucks to, you know, a tree service company or whatever, whatever their insured's um, fleet is made up of, they now have the ability to install the um, no-sell technology platform uh, at, a, at a discount because of the nationwide partnership. And then um, over the next, like I said, the next three years, they'll be able to collect the data before and after data and um, really see the significant um, savings on both the, the claim side and on the insured side. Talk about the hardware itself. How does this thing work? This is not, there is a specific piece of equipment. I know that you, that when we ran that story in Freightways back in November, there's a picture of you holding it up um, and not very big. As for just a little thing that creates a lot of controversy. So uh, talk about the equipment. So it's a, it's a no-sell tag that goes onto the A-pillar of the, the driver's side of the vehicle. And in that uh, no-sell tag, there's a bit of logic, Bluetooth, and uh, some other um, ICs that pair up with the app that goes on the phone. And then every time that the driver gets in the vehicle, it, as long as the vehicle has the no-sell tag and the driver has the app on their phone, the phone automatically pairs up and it... Uh, goes into the policy that the fleet manager set up in the in the web portal. So if they said, hey, you know, you've got, you know, you can use the, the, the maps, you can use your ELD and whatever else. As soon as they get in the vehicle and the vehicle gets up to speed, um, then the other apps are physically removed from the phone. Right. And if in a fit of anger at this terrible restriction on my freedom, I decide to disconnect it, which is easy to do, right? My, my recollection is you can just pull it out if you want. Uh, and disconnect your phone from it. Um, the, the the fleet manager knows that too. Yeah, there's we have alerts uh, built into the system. A lot of patented alerts. The first one is, you know, if um, if they turn off Bluetooth or turn off the 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 or try to kill the app, the fleet manager gets an alert, and then the app and the Bluetooth are automatically um, in, reinstalled on the phone automatically. Um, if they, you know, if they. Uh, take the the no sell tag off of the the A pillar, which is tough with the 3M industrial adhesive. But if they somehow manage to to get it off and chuck it out the window, then there's uh, an inactivity alert that is uh, uh, you know generated on our end. Uh, there's also you know the ability to um, alert the fleet manager if the driver picks up the cell phone at any time. It's a phone handling alert and it drops a pin on the map, which you know really helps the the fleet manager and the company. Um, be in a more defensible position either way, right? Either, yes, the driver was on the phone and handling the phone, or no, the driver was not handling the phone, but the phone was in policy. The, the last alert is um, the multiple device alert. So if, you know, the, the driver has the company phone or the phone that has the no-sell app on it, and they're not messing with it at all, it's pristine, but they have a burner phone that they picked up at, you know, some store, and they're trying to watch Netflix or make TikTok videos, we can allow the fleet manager to know that there's another device in the vehicle. Well, it's pretty thorough. You know, when you think about it, if I'm driving in for a fleet in the cab today, there's already massive intrusion on my privacy, right? I mean, everything I do is on a camera. This doesn't seem like that much more extreme, but you know, to some people it is. Yeah, it's, you know, um, the, the, it's, it's all housed position, right? I mean, cameras, 
exonerate the driver more than they, you know, find something wrong that the driver's doing. These guys are professional drivers. They are the top drivers, most likely in, in, in the world, right? So they know what they're doing. You know, the cameras exonerate them from, you know, the, the guy that cuts them off, the stage crashes, all that kind of stuff. And this is just an extension. The cameras capture usually when the driver picks up the phone. And all we're trying to do is take away the distraction of that phone, uh, you know, of the buzz and beeps and dings, so they have to pick it up. We, we are um, training the driver um, through the absence, uh, the absence of the, uh, the apps that they normally would, would pick up at a red light or a stop sign. So over the, the first 10 days of having this installed, the, the actual phone handling goes down by, you know, roughly 70%. So it's some Pavlovian training that's going on as well. All right. When we met in November, uh, I asked you for the name of a, of a client, a key client that I might speak to, and you gave me Stevens Transport. And I did, in fact, speak to Cole Stevens, who at that point, I think that no cell was in kind of a test mode. But uh, so that was six months ago. How are you doing in terms of market penetration since then? Um, you know, it's it gets better every day. Again, we're we're a, a relatively new company in a a really established um, industry. So you know, it's it's a lot of face to face handshaking and uh, demos, and then live drives. Um, Stevens Trucking out, out of Oklahoma City was our first customer. Um, we've added you know a couple of dozen since then. It's um, really picking up now with the nationwide uh, partnership. Um, we you know have dozens of, of companies that contact us every week now um, to get installed and have demos done. But Stevens Trucking was the number one. Yeah, they want that nationwide discount. So so they're probably getting, so they, they hear from, tell me if this is the way it goes. They hear from Nationwide, you can get a discount if you use it, and then they reach out to you. Yeah, they get they get an initial discount on the, the no-sell platform. And then potentially after the, you know, the, the years of data collection, they could potentially get a discount on their insurance is what I, the belief is. Yeah, when anyway, whenever we talk to any kind of a tech startup, we always also want to ask them about their funding. Um, it seems like any kind of tech startup, you need constant uh, software upgrades and changes. It sounds to me like you've got a pretty nice patron, but do you think you might be looking for more outside money? You know, um, we are in a very unique position, right? Um, the gentleman who, who funds us, is doing very well. He is very successful. He's one of the most successful people in the United States. And uh, funding is not an issue. He believes in the product. He's very passionate. He's a, a part of the company where we get a chance to talk to him, you know, on a, a weekly basis. Um, so funding is not an issue with us. He just asks us how many how many lives are we saving? How many installs are we, um, you know, doing every week? You know how. How are we making a difference in the world by getting the word out and getting these uh, these installed so that we don't we can get rid of those horrific stories? Yeah, so. well, I know. I, I personally, after talking to you, stopped making TikTok videos while I was behind the wheel. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's amazing though. It is true what people do behind the wheel. I, it, it, even when I reach over to change the song, I feel like I I feel guilty about it. So I tell you what, it it completely changed my driving behavior. Completely like my phone. So, uh, you know, my phone goes into policy and I don't worry about I don't hear anything other than I use the maps. You know, if I'm listening to Spotify or something like that, you know, I can use the steering wheel controls. So it has completely changed my my driving behavior. Uh, same as my family and, and the people I believe that install this, it quickly changes their their habits. 
And I, I'm glad that you're not doing TikTok videos anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank Corey Wanarovich. I hope I got that name again. That's perfect, on, yeah. On the, on the way out. Uh, he is with No Cell. It's a, it's a really interesting story. Uh, if you Google John Kingston Freightways No Cell, you can find the original story uh, that we did back in November. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us here today on Drilling Deep. Thanks, John. I appreciate your support. So you have been listening to Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freight Cash family of podcasts from Freightways. You can find us on all the leading podcast platforms. I've been your host for today, John Kingston. And please join us again. Yeah.